Welcome to the Illuminate Faith Podcast, Episode 1. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dave Exley, and today in the episode we're talking about the concept of saying yes as it relates to communities of faith, uh, congregations, and the church. Later in the episode, I'll be having a conversation uh, with uh, Lauren Hodgson and Sarah Chapman, who are a part of the uh, planning team for the Skylight Festival that will be happening for the second year in a row uh, during the summer of uh, 2016 here. We'll have some more information on that. Today's episode was recorded live at the Bag Lady Variety Store in London, Ontario. So without further ado, let's get started. First of all, well, uh, let me introduce uh, our three co-hosts. There's uh, myself, Dave, and we also have with us... I'm Doug. And I'm Isaac. Doug Peck and Isaac Bundy. And uh, yeah, great to be here for episode number one. Yeah, it's good to uh, be with you guys. Yeah. Super excited about this. I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling a tiny bit of my, my inner dork come out because I just find uh, just doing a podcast with... Uh, couple of awesome colleagues like yourselves just just all too exciting i feel like bob on um what about bob when he's just like i'm sailing i just uh i'm I'm just singing inside love it excellent so in today's episode we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, just the concept of saying yes i I think uh, as it relates to uh uh, to work in the church uh uh, faith the work of uh, faith community um saying yes is a is an important topic to to consider certainly uh in in the space that we're living in in today's day and age, uh, there's a lot of um, you know walls being thrown up, uh, roadblocks being thrown up, and and a lot of people that are hesitant to uh, to move forward with new initiatives and things like that. So we'll have a conversation with uh, with Sarah uh, and uh, and with uh, Lauren later on, and they've got a great uh, story I think to tell us that relates uh, to that. But uh, let's just kind of open it up here, and I wonder if uh, in your own ministry um, you've had experiences where you've said yes to something. Thing uh, that you know, all signals may may have pointed to saying no. You know, this won't work. That type of thing, uh, but where something surprised you? Well, right off the bat, Dave, it, it just makes me think of um, so, so often. Uh, Congregational ministry is—I I often think of it as uh, as being in a in a in a rock band because you've got a, a small team. Often congregations are are smaller groups, and and you need to foster a team like dynamic. And whenever I, I think about that, you, just the 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 notion of roadblocks, the notion of people saying no to ideas and not helping each other foster ideas, that can create a really toxic environment in a in a congregational setting. Um, I. I so often think of just my time in um, uh, while I was in a in a pretty bad no place myself before ministry in the in the cubicle world that really wasn't suited for me. I I found myself thoroughly enjoying improv classes at uh, in Toronto Second City and and um, just just often the wisdom that would come from the teachers there was to say yes and and learning how to say yes and and how that would not just foster uh, a good team environment but but also it makes things funnier in 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 that world but but uh, but most importantly that that dynamic of fostering a good team environment would often come from a yes environment yeah that makes sense I think for me you know it's interesting in terms of thinking about um, what 
taboos there are in the church or what we think are taboos in the church because as you were asking that Dave I was thinking about this project that we've been working on over the last little while called Hops and Hope uh, that we've done with a, a number of different um, partners but it's basically been an event where we meet with 20-somethings and early 30-somethings in a pub environment here in London and talk about scripture and faith and just kind of have some fun as well at the same time but you know there can be a lot of taboos depending on what church background you're in around uh, things like uh, you know can we have a beer at the same time as doing church or be in a place like a pub environment and I think for us it was being able to talk to some of the people in the congregation and and hear different people's ideas and say well let's just try this once and in terms of the saying yes um, looking at things that in terms of let's do an experiment and if it fails if uh, people are feeling really upset about this then uh, okay we can try a different way but sometimes looking at some of the taboos and saying is that still a taboo for our community and what way can we do this to approach this so that it's uh, uh, maybe it's a one-off and then we see where it goes from there but moving forward and and saying there's the possibility for failure and that opens up kind of a road to be able to to say yes to some of the things that we might be worried about. That's great. You know, when I was I was looking at this, I, I came across a, a quote that I thought would be interesting to sort of uh, talk about. Uh, the quote is this, uh, the art of leadership is saying no, not yes. It is very easy to say yes. And that came from Tony Blair. And, and I just like to say that I think Tony Blair is absolutely wrong. <laughs> on this. Uh, I, I think that in some ways, I mean, yes, there are times where that no within our world, you know, especially within the ministry world, uh, which like many other worlds can be a world where saying yes all the time means you're saying no to a lot of other things. Learning to say no is uh, a challenge, I think, for those uh, within our industry. Uh, but there, there's so much, I think, that embedded within that that yes that needs to be said within our, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, there are, we come across, you know, moments where certainly when we talk about can we drink beer in an environment where we're talking about faith, you know, for many years, I think we have said no to that. And so saying yes opens up some possibilities. I, I love what you were saying about uh, the, the whole idea of saying yes within the context of improv, because mm-hmm. there is sort of that, that culture that we live in right now that relates to improvisational leadership. You know, this mm-hmm. is a new term that's kind of emerged that, you know, rather than and I think this is a key point for us, that rather than uh, from a leadership perspective saying no, mm-hmm. you know, until such time as the thing that we're saying you know, no to resembles the thing that we, we've always done or the thing that uh, is more comfortable for us, mm-hmm. that we say yes and mm-hmm. you know, within the context of, of leadership. Um, mm-hmm. Talk more about your experiences within that improvisational environment and how the implications of yes can sort of you know open up new possibilities. Uh, absolutely, I, like I, I I can't say enough how much I love uh, listening to humorous people speak seriously about their craft. They they treat it very seriously, just as seriously as I think we treat ministry as as ministers. And um, so much wisdom. My my first teacher ever, I remember at that school. Her name's Rebecca Northern. Um, and uh, she she would always quote uh, a teacher she had in Calgary. His name's Keith Johnstone. And, and the quote I'm going to uh, pull from, from her, f- f- quoting him, is that there are people who prefer to say yes, and there are people who prefer to say no. Those who say yes are rewarded by the adventures they have. Those who say no are rewarded by the safety 
they attain. Now, certainly, um, you know, s- saying no, there's there's a benefit of security. Uh, but but um, we're sort of living in a day and age of, of church where where sometimes it feels like we're being sort of entrepreneurial and, and we're looking for that adventure. And, and I think when people think about engaging a life of, of faith following Christ, um, we're disciples are, are looking for an adventure. That's why they drop their nets and follow Jesus. And and, um, and, and so that, that notion of really fostering enough trust to, to create that, that environment where you feel safe to say yes with others. And, 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 and then by extension of that, being collectively excited to, to, uh, to, to undergo those adventures together is just something I find so rewarding about congregational ministry. Do you guys find, like, because you're talking about improv, do you find that part of building up that sense of safety to be able to say yes often involves humor? Because I find for myself, like, a lot of the time when we have been able to move forward with saying yes to different projects has in part been able to kind of let down our guard through sometimes mm-hmm. just being able to joke around or mm-hmm. treating things with a, with a bit of a sense of lightness in terms of mm-hmm. as you move into a new project. Because when it feels really heavy and it's so intense, it can be tough to move forward. But I think that sometimes bringing that humor element, I, I know it's like not, you know, we don't often think church, wow, let's have a big laugh or, or whatever. But it's I find that sometimes that, opens a doorway to using humor to be able to mm-hmm. yeah i think you're you're bang on with that i think my own opinion about faith communities is that we do need to not take ourselves so seriously yeah. and and so there is something i mean i i love uh any sort of religious satire i mean i love mm-hmm. you know life of brian any monty python thing and so you know part of that for me is sort of like being able to look at the thing that I feel so, so strongly about and that I'm connected with, the more I can sort of like step back from that and, and say, you know, like, okay, let's not take ourselves so seriously. I think that that opens up the possibility for saying yes to things mm-hmm. um, because there's you, there's a release of that anxiety maybe. Yeah. Um, and what I find is that those communities of faith and those leaders or those people that are involved within faith communities that are wired to say no, I think that there is something attached to that that seriousness that we apply to that that you know we take ourselves so seriously that we want to just you know pound the nails so tightly on what happens within our faith community mm-hmm. that it leaves no room for the spirit to kind of move in and i think the spirit there is something about the holy spirit and holy humor uh, those things i think are meshed together in many ways so yeah i think mm-hmm. that uh, humor is certainly attached to to this whole concept yeah, and, and to think about the opposite, that, that you know, when you're in a congregational setting and, and you notice people um, sort of experiencing a culture of no, uh, you know, to bring up a new idea, I, I think sometimes in some, uh, they're, they're often afraid to, to fail around uh, fellow church members or, or in front of the minister or in front of chairs of whatever committee and 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 to to have that humor i i think helps sort of uh, build that trust to say hey it's okay to to mess up you don't have to be afraid of of uh, messing up now and then and, and we can roll beyond that and and to continue to to find that 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 big find of of where god's calling us to to be a mission let's uh let's maybe go to the the interview that i did uh, a little while ago with uh, uh lauren hodgson and uh, and sarah chapman lauren is uh the minister at saint matthew's united church uh, in toronto uh and uh, sarah is a minister at uh, willowdale emmanuel united uh, in north york which is a new amalgam 
amalgamation of, uh, of two churches, two congregations. And so some exciting parts, you know, of, of that conversation that relate to this conversation about saying yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully this serves also as a plug for the Skylight Festival, which I know uh, I think the three of us will be attending uh, in the summer and uh, hopefully we'll be doing some live podcasting uh, there as well. Yes. So Sarah and Lauren, thank you for uh, being here. And uh, so we're exploring this this idea of, you know, saying yes. And I'm in particular thinking about uh, just how things unfolded last year with the Skylight Festival. Uh, it seemed to be a, a quick process of launching that uh, project, which is uh, unusual, I think, in some circumstances, you know, that often we see uh, things that are planned a year out and that type of thing. But uh, it seems like the folks involved with Skylight last year were daring enough to to make it happen. So tell me about the process of how that all came together. Yeah, awesome. So thanks for thanks for having us here, Dave. Um, one of one of our teammates who's on the the Skylight Visioning team said uh, she joined in the process a, a little later than some of uh, us others. And she said when she first encountered us, and we, it was kind of like two months out of festival pilot time, and she said to a friend, "You know, I I think I've discovered this group of people who's either this group of complete geniuses or this group of." like idiots that <laughs> they're they're saying yes to this thing and uh so hopefully we're some combo of both um but as many of us went to greenbelt in 2013 um and experienced the vibrancy and just excitement of that festival we came back and there was a group of us that started chatting about how cool it would be to have something similar in Canada and what a particular Canadian flavor might look like so we just um started a kind of informal conversation about it and it was February of 2015 that we had a first planning gathering thinking that we were planning something for 2016 um, and it was through that time that we walked away realizing that we were actually being called to try something before then so 2016 would be the the launch of Skylight but that um, some sort of pilot pilot would would be beneficial in 2015 I think I was probably the most skeptical um, of the group. And I was like, this is dumb. There is no, like, nothing good about this. And it was, I, I mean, we say now it was ministry-wise, like, the coolest thing I've been involved in. Um, so there was definitely, like, a learning for me, even personally, around the benefit of saying yes. And That's great. So, Sarah, tell us what happened then last year with the pilot project. Um, okay. So... Uh, so we wanted uh, it to be a pilot, but uh, we realized very quickly in our planning that it was going to be much bigger than normally a pilot is. Like, a pilot for festivals should be, like, one main stage, but we ended up having four stages and lots of artists, people coming from all around the world. And uh, our contributor list got really big really quick, but there was people just sort of hearing about it and saying, hey, I want to be there. So... So the festival itself was a really interactive um, and a really good chance for people to move between things very easily. So you could catch half a talk here and then you could go over and listen to a musician there. And it was supposed to be designed to be like, which I always described and that's what came about was uh, where deep play and deep justice sort of meet and intersect. So talking about very, very meaningful things, talking about really important things, especially around Indigenous rights um, and uh, we lifted up a lot of um, yeah, yeah, contributors from the LGBTQ uh, community and, and really trying to make sure that the voices of those that have been traditionally marginalized were able to be sort of lifted up. And so, so we were hearing that, but at the same time, like, people were, like, 
engaging in crafts or like engaging in the arts or going to like a whole uh, display, a photography display on uh, different people's tattoos and what they mean. So it was like a real like cross section of a lot of people very engaged in both arts and justice. And yeah, and it was, it were, we were aiming for 200. We got 250 people there. It was a um, pretty diverse community. Um, yeah, people tented, a lot of people tented and I think that that'll happen again. So yeah, it was neat to see the, the different kind of like micro communities emerge from within this bigger community and like people you know the little tent village had sort of like this thing going on and then that would mix in different times at different talks and stages and um, yeah and I think I mean something that Sarah's just said that that sort of jumped out at me was this piece around how the contributor list for a pilot event grew so quickly and I think part of what we witnessed with that was uh we had people coming to us saying, you know, we're hearing about this thing or, or you've invited my friend to be a speaker. And I just feel so excited by what this, uh, it, this vision, how it's emerging that I want to be part of it too. You know, like this is my normal contributor rate, but I'll, I'll, you know, adapt that because this just feels like a vision that I want to get on board with. And, um, there, yeah, something neat about like how, when we just, allow the space to be open like we don't need to be out begging people to be involved in these like creative exciting things I think that that so many of us just long to be in those places where as Sarah said deep play and deep justice and creativity and arts and faith kind of like mix in these ways that we might not otherwise in our day-to-day -day life feel that they come together and and that's contagious so how did the, uh, I, I would imagine that, you know, you, you anticipated 200 people, you got 250. I would imagine that uh, there was some excitement around that and, and maybe some learning involved in that. So what were the reflections like uh, after the event amongst the leadership team? Um, well, I mean, to kind of follow on this sort of theme of, uh, of, you know, saying yes to a call or like saying yes to being bold, you know, a lot of the people that were there, both as participants, but also within the leadership, had been saying yes to something like this for a long time before hmm. we said yes to actually doing it. So, you know, the people that were there bought in long before Skylight was even a thing. And so, uh, so it just seemed like a natural thing for them to come to Skylight because they had already been saying yes to justice and saying yes to arts in their life. And, and like, a lot of people were there that weren't associated with any religious institution, but were there because they wanted to connect somehow on a spiritual level with other people, but they didn't want to do that in sort of a traditional way. So it was a really cool kind of mm. crossover of that. And we've been trying to find more ways to sort of tap into the secular but searching or secular but spirit, a slightly spiritual world. Um, that's probably like the, the group that makes Skylight a little bit unique from other you know church events is that uh, people who normally say no to church or say no to uh, any organized religion are able to sort of find a place to fit in at Skylight. And, and so we continue to kind of network and uh, connect with trying to group with groups of people. We're all church people, so it's a bit hard to do that, but we're, we're trying. So, yeah. 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 yeah and like, I mean, um, I think we live definitely in a culture of last minuteness. Um, so <laughs> while we were thrilled with what turned out the weekend to be our, our, you know, community of close to, of 250 people, like, over this goal that we'd set. 
uh, it, there were definitely touch and go moments, you know, like, uh, we had set a date in June where we said, okay, you know, we need to know by this date in June if, if we can go ahead with this. And we like barely met that, that number that, that we targeted for, but then, um, because we were able to say, okay, no, like we're still going to do this. Um, it, it allowed for this thing to emerge that, that might not have otherwise had the space. So it was, uh, definitely not without its stressful moments in, um, in getting, getting pe- the people there who, who said that they wanted to be there and, and needed to be there. But, um, it was cool to see it come together in that way. And yeah. Well, it seems that I'm intrigued by, you know, the concept of, you know, that, you know, people that have already been saying yes Mm -hmm. to these things Mm -hmm. that sort of defined the event, you know, and that's perhaps the learning within all of this is that uh, it's where can we listen to, you know, our culture, whether it's the church, our neighborhoods, Mm -hmm. and find those things that they're already saying yes to and finding space for just bringing people together that are already, uh, you know, excited and, and willing to participate in something that, that, you know, holds up these shared values. Mm-hmm. Um, so perhaps that's the learning there that, you know, that uh, the, the added 50 people over and above what your expectations were, were as a result of just noticing the right things and listening well uh, within the community to notice what people are already saying yes to and just finding the space to, to make room for that. Totally, yeah. Yeah, Totally. And I think that's why it was easier for some of us, for most people at the initial sort of like just round table discussion in February thinking about it is that a lot of people were there because they had already been hungry for this or had already wanted it. And then when we put it out there saying, oh, we're going to do it, it was amazing kind of to see how how people were also saying yes in their own communities mm-hmm. um, to this. So, yeah. 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 And kind of like the the layers of what it takes to put something together. I mean, like the, this group that gathered in February, but that wasn't the beginning of this conversation. You know, this conversation has, I gather, something that started long before the hundred plus of us went to Greenbelt in 2013 from the United Church. You know, it's a, a conversation that has been happening and took each of those steps to get to this point and each of uh, those yearnings for something like this in in our local Canadian context. What can we know about Skylight 2016? Well, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be one of the words that kept coming up at the Skylight 2015 is um, people's experience was often articulated as as magical, and so I think I think we're going to manifest a similar sort of magical atmosphere hmm. where where people um, kind of like they're deep desires and hunger is being met. And so looking forward to that. Um, our contributor list is like amazing. It's pretty big. It's through the roof. It's got some seriously amazing people coming and, um, people from, uh, Raheel Raza, who's a Muslim activist in Toronto to John Bell, who's from the Ioni community in uh, Scotland and, uh, Martin Joseph, Martin Joseph, a uh, Welsh singer-songwriter, yeah, Diana Butler-Besk, and then Romal Toon as well, who's a, an amazing yeah speaker activist too. And then, of course, we have quite a few Indigenous speakers coming. Um, Adrian Jacobs, who's amazing, and Mark McDonald, mm-hmm. and uh, we're, we're working on a, f- on a few more. Um, yeah, we have an amazing youth program and an amazing children's program. And we have a great little tent village where you can set up your tent with your family. 
And we have all kinds of creative spaces. So spaces where you can either engage in, in prayer creatively or engage in like uh, manifesting your own art. And yeah, and there's we have amazing artists coming in a bookstore. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the, the things that I loved uh, last summer at the pilot event was just kind of wandering around the the fairgrounds and seeing like as things sort of popped up and emerged so there was like a living room space with couches that had been borrowed uh from from a local organization in paris that um had these extra couches and chairs and stuff so we set up like this living room just in the middle of the field and seeing people come and go from that and the discussions that were taking place there and like art installations that would pop up so like a a skylight installation that was kind of co-created over the the duration of the event and uh some friends of ours created this beautiful like interactive womb of god that you got to go inside and experience the noises of a heartbeat and um and so the the creative elements that like witness to the community co-creating something um and we're really looking forward to that again in 2016. Well, I'm glad that you've said yes to uh, to uh, 2015 <laughs> Skylight, and uh, we'll look forward to 2016 uh, at Skylight at the festival there. And thanks for, for joining us. Okay. Thanks, Dave. Thanks so much. Thank you for having us. So many thanks to Lauren and Sarah for uh, for joining us for that uh, conversation there. And you can go online to skylightfestival.ca. The Skylight Festival is happening uh, July 29th to 31st of this year in Paris, Ontario. And uh, just some amazing, amazing names there. I'm really looking forward to the uh, event. And I know we've got a good contingent of folks uh, coming, uh, not only from our London Conference uh, area within the United Church, but uh, a lot of individuals from across the country that will be participating in that. And if it's anything, I know they've targeted uh, somewhere between 500 and 1,000 people. And if last year's any indication uh, with targeting and, and hoping for 200 and getting 250, I would imagine that uh, this is an ambitious uh, group that uh, that knows what they're doing. And so mm-hmm. uh, we trust that it's going to be a, a well-attended uh, event. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. If if uh, and just just so wonderful hearing Lauren and Sarah talk about this. They're they're of course uh, just great colleagues and and just always enjoy their company and friendship. But but just happen to know that that they're the kind of people to get stuff done and and uh, and and really make that energy grow and and just so just so exciting to hear about that. Yeah. Yeah, I really like to hearing how as they were moving forward with it, like hearing about how things went last year, that there were those touch and go moments, but then they were able to move forward from them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't know, I just find that really affirming in terms of thinking about uh, looking at how we do new ministries, how we move forward with new initiatives to think about, okay, yeah, there are going to be those touch and go moments, but sometimes those are really the places where God seems to enter in and be able to kind of lift us through those those mm-hmm. situations and move forward the one part i just i loved about that conversation was when um sarah was talking about the fact that you know when we think about this concept of saying yes you know the reason why she believed that they had success last year was that the things that they were uplifting you know things like justice and the arts were things that people were already saying yes to and so i think the learning for me too is is that 
you know, a, a big part of new initiatives within the church and, and bringing new life, trying new things, saying yes to new life within the church, it's a matter of listening to what's happening, not only within our faith communities, but beyond those faith communities, and being able to pick up on the areas where people are saying yes, and, and finding common ground with individuals. So that idea of the yes that's already happening, and tuning into that, because I think all, we get so trapped within the church, especially in today's day and age, in the no that's being said mm-hmm. around Around, like the traditional way of being church. What we hear and what silences us, I think, is that we see that the numbers have decreased dramatically for our traditional sort of like Sunday morning gatherings, you know, across the board for Sunday school and things like that. There's so much anxiety around that. And so we get trapped in thinking about the no that's being said to the thing that we've been doing for many, many years. And it, and it gets frustrating around that. And so I, what I hear happening within Skylight and the inspiration for me is that they were able to kind of listen beyond that no and hear what's happening within the wider community and, and what they're saying yes to and, and finding common ground and saying, hey, yeah, we, we're... We share that value of justice, and so let's find some people that, that are connected to that. So there's so much for me that you know it requires us to to listen. It requires us to to pay attention, and that's where I think the the, the Holy Spirit can come in and do amazing things within that. So that was the big learning for me at listening to that conversation was just tuning into that that yes that's being said all around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know it's interesting too, like thinking about framing because uh, a lot of the time I think for myself uh, within. A leadership position within the church thinking about okay what yeses or no's are people going to be saying to me but it kind of sounded like from them they were almost turning it around so it wasn't just in terms of what resistance or acceptance they were experiencing but how how are they going to be receptive to the wider world and uh, i like that i really loved hearing them remark on how people within their own team felt the liberty to to share openly their resistance in a constructive way so they 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 can partly express that you know i'm half very excited i'm also half terrified that that this could really blow up in our faces but but to it seemed like that really built upon a spirit of trust mm-hmm. yeah um it was thinking also, you know, like maybe what we want to talk about too, just for just briefly here, is that maybe there are some uh, scriptural sort of uh, passages uh, that that relate to this. You know, no doubt, you know, when I think about you know the call of the disciples, you know, there is that inherent yes that that happens within that, while, while not knowing what what's going to happen. You know, I mean, the disciples would have had no idea, you know, how things would unfold with with Jesus, uh, and and so to take that risk and to step out in in faith, um, you know, is such a great image for us from a scriptural perspective. But I also look at, you know, I've been reading recently, you know, that that passage, you know, the Pentecost passage, you know, and we're heading towards that, I guess, in the in the church liturgical year. Um, And the fascinating thing about that is in recent reflections that I've been doing is to notice in, in chapter two of Acts that, you know, it wasn't that the disciples, you know, the followers of Jesus were out, you know, tacking up, you know, posters on, on, on you know, <laughs> walls, you know, telephone pole walls and, and within the grocery stores and things like that saying, Pentecost next Tuesday, you know, join us. Here's, here's an itinerary. What's going to happen yeah, during that? All it was that they were, it was just that they were gathered together. Uh-huh. That's all it says. You know, they were gathered together and then it happened. Yeah. And so maybe the saying yes within that that we can spot is that it's it's a simple thing where it's like if we say yes to just being together 
you know, something as simple as that, then we, you know, it leaves room for that spirit to come in and move and do incredible things. And so I hear that. I hear a bit of that Pentecost story in what happened at Skylight last year. And so excited about, you know, potential of that continuing to happen in that space and hoping that uh, it will rub off on, on that. Yes, will rub off on the rest of us, too. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Any other images that come to mind for you guys? Well, you know, as I was thinking about it, um, I think about a lot of the time in my ministry, just in general, over the last little while, I've been thinking about that, uh, the whole idea that Jesus doesn't end up really having much of a voice until he's like 30 years old. And that means he spent like 30 years just kind of hanging out, listening, like he was, uh, he was able to spend that time, I, I mean, Clearly, he, he, he probably could have spoken a little bit earlier, had some times in the temple and different things like that. But he spent a lot of time being with people and uh, I think being able to uh, have that sense of yes in terms of his ministry and, and moving forward. He did take the time to listen and so I think that that's so key uh, in terms of thinking about how do we move forward and, and how, do we, how do we say yes. Taking that time to really be um, incarnationally present in a community in order to then be able to move forward. That's something for me that I've been reflecting a lot about. Right away, I, I think of uh, Ruth and Naomi and, and Naomi trying to push a no upon her daughter-in-law, trying to say, go away, uh, leave me, let's let's disconnect what we have. And and um, and, and yes doesn't work for us anymore. And, and she just she's just pushed to show her the opposite and to just to show her just what a yes together can achieve and and uh, so so the bond that 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 Ruth really affirms to her mother-in-law through just a hard core yes well, with that, uh, we will commission all of you to go forth and listen for uh, the ways in which uh, the Spirit is saying yes and people are saying yes, yes within this world of ours and we'll invite you to to dare to dream and uh, do those things uh, yourself and to say yes within your community. Uh, many thanks to uh, the folks at uh, Bag Lady uh, here in uh, London. This is where we recorded our episode uh, today. They are uh, a, it's a variety store. What more can you tell us, uh, Doug, about your favorite uh, location here in the city. Just a smashing cup of coffee and, and just a, a phenomenal breakfast menu uh, that, uh, uh, it, yeah, that's all I have to say about it. And I'll go out on a limb and say they make the the, the best breakfast burrito in London, Ontario. So uh, yeah. if you're ever in the London area, if you live here, make sure to stop by uh, the Bag Lady. You can go online, follow Bag Lady on Twitter. We'll post that in the show notes. But uh, anyway, them to include the sausages. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and uh, so uh, we'll post a bunch of show notes uh, uh, for you, links. Uh, encourage you to, again, once again, go to the skylightfestival.ca uh, and sign up, register for that uh, event happening this summer. Lots of great names there. Many thanks to uh, Joe Ramsey for our theme song. You can find out more about Joe and the work that he's doing in writing uh, music for uh, progressive church music at joeramseymusic.com, and you can uh, visit our website illuminatefaith.com and we'll post some show notes and photos and things like that and uh, we encourage you to uh, to write in and if you've got any suggestions about uh, future shows and people we should talk to let us know uh, we want to make this as uh, inclusive as possible and to make sure that uh, we have folks uh, feeling like they're a part of this uh, this community that is the Illuminate Faith podcast so thanks guys and uh, have a great week and we'll, uh, we'll catch you next week yeah, thanks Dave thank you